Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. So today we're talking about uh, our future family, and we're continuing on some of the things that we talked about last week, and uh, I even gave a little bit of a foreshadowing of what we would be talking about this week with one of the stories uh, on humility. So that's a big piece of what we're going to talk about today and how hard that is to achieve. We can strive to achieve it, and it's something that we may not ever, ever fully achieve, but it's something that we should all chase after. And uh, today we're talking about conflict and the, the conflict that is within and the conflicts that we have in our relationships that we have here on earth, whether that's with a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, friendships, um, any type of relationship that we have, conflict with our kids, conflict with whatever. Uh, conflict is, is the word of the day if we have such a thing, and we never usually do, but we can do it today, okay? Um, but conflict is the, is the, is the source of, of, of a lot of different things. It's the source of a lot of different stress inside of our relationships, uh, and, and here's, here's something, here's a little, um, here's a little token of something. If you want to research this even more, I read a book one time called Unoffendable. And the whole point of the book is, is, and he was making the case, the author was making a case to say, listen, as Christ followers, we should be unoffendable. There's nothing that should, that should cause offense in our, in our lives and recognize that usually when we are offended about something, when we're upset about something, it's because we were disappointed in something, and it all comes back and points back to us and how there was conflict in our life, and we didn't get what we wanted, and how we should humble ourselves and recognize that, that, um, that we shouldn't be offended over something. Uh, so anyway, that's just a token. You can take that and have it and, uh, and go with it. But um, I want to talk about conflict in our homes, in our relationships, in, even in our church family, in our families, where, whatever you define as your family. And um, I could think of several different times in, in my life uh, where I was growing up and I didn't get along with my mom, I didn't get along with my dad, and there was conflict. And if you're a parent, you've probably already had some conflict in your relationship with your kids. Um, but I, ha- I have that. We have conflict in our home probably every single day. Uh, I don't know about you, but getting up, I said this last week, getting up in the morning with my son is like, it's a conflict every single morning. He, we bought him sloth pajamas recently because that's who he is. He is a sloth. He, he loves to go to bed, hates to get up, okay? Loves to go to bed, hates to get up. My daughter hates to go to bed, loves getting up. And, and maybe you've had a child like that. They're up and at him. It doesn't matter. Uh, she's ready to go. I'll get in. I'll bring her some clothes to put on for the school day, or Danil will do that too. And within like 30 seconds, she's dressed and she's ready to go. With Davis, you go and check on him, and he's still like, you know, falling out of his bed and just, you know, doing this number, almost like, you know, Gumby or something, just slowly just falling out of his bed. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you've been in here 45 minutes. You haven't even put a sock on yet. So... Uh, conflict. It comes up. And that's the silliest of ones that I could demonstrate for you. But I can guarantee you in my home, there is conflict. And it happens all the time. And today I want to I look at some things that we can see in Scripture that point to what we can do with our future family. Again, our family is always under construction. 
Okay, we're always, no matter where you are, if you're single today or if you have a family or even if you're an empty nester, your family is always under construction. There's always room to go. If you're still here, then God's not done with you yet. And I believe that we can point the finger right to ourselves and figure out, okay, where can I grow a little bit better for the future of my family? Whether that's me raising my kids and getting them up out of the house, uh, if it's me and I'm, and I'm 10 years ago and I don't have any kids and, and, I'm, and I'm newlywed or even beyond that, but before that where I'm still trying to find the one, and, uh, or if it's, again, if it's 20, 30 years from now when I have empty nesters, what can I do to benefit my family the most? It's my future family, all right? And so I want to read to you out of James chapter 4 today, uh, verses 1 through 10. And then we're going to kind of break that down over the course of our time together today. And then, uh, and then we'll be done, all right? We'll be out of here. And you guys can go hand sanitize and uh, get, get, you know, get cleaned up for the rest of the day, all right? Uh, speaking of hand sanitizer, here's a plug for our own uh, Anchor Church hand sanitizer. It's for sale right now. It's a special $10 for a bottle. If you didn't get a bottle yet, make sure uh, to get one. And uh, they're two for $25. And, um, and so, no, I'm just kidding. But apparently it's, it's hard to find, right? And so I had boxes of this stuff in my garage. I'm like, well, I've got some, so I'm bringing it to church so everybody can have some. So please, if you, uh, if you want two, three, grab, grab whatever you want out there today. If you need some hand sanitizer, that's for you. It's out there and you can have it, all right? Uh, James chapter 4, verse 1 through 10 says this. It says, what is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from the cravings that are at war within you? You desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own desires for pleasure. Adulteresses. Adulteresses. There's an explanation or exclamation point there. I feel like I had to give a little bit more umph than that. Okay, don't, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? So whoever wants to be the world's friend must become, uh, becomes God's enemy. Or do you think that it's without reason that Scripture says that the Spirit who lives in us yearns jealousy? But he gives greater grace, therefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God but resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners. That's why we have hand sanitizer today. And purify your hearts, you double-minded people. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Your laughter must change to mourning and your joy to sorrow. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, we thank you for the day and we thank you for this word. We thank you for encouraging it with us today. Lord, I pray that you would be able to speak your word uh, through me. Not let it be anything that I would say, but everything that you would say this morning. We love you and in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the first point that I have for you this morning is this, that where does conflict come from? As James is telling us, it says this, that conflict comes, or all conflict has a common source. All conflict has is a common source. And the common source we see in scripture, and James writes about this and he speaks about this. Um, and in, in verse one, we see that all conflict has a common source. Verse one again what is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from the cravings that are at war within you? It's a plain and simple thing. And here's the thing about James real quick before. I don't know if you caught that already, where the wars and conflict comes from right here in the words of James. But 
here's a little bit of James. James was the half-brother of Jesus, and he got to see a lot of conflict, the conflict that just was following after Jesus, the people that would follow him, the people that would be upset with the things that he would do, uh, the things that he was saying, the, Sad the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the people that were against him, again, seeing Jesus put on the cross, put to death over, over, over uh, who he was and who he said he was, and then proving who he was and said he was when he came back to life three days later. Uh, James got to witness a lot of this stuff. He got to witness a lot of conflict. So he's kind of an expert in conflict. And he says this, he says, what's the source of wars? What's the source of the conflict and the fights among you? Don't they come from the cravings? They're at war within you. Point the finger at yourself and say, me. Nobody did that. There's like three of you. Point the finger at yourself and say, where does the war or the conflicts come from? Me. All right, there we go. Yeah, that's what James is saying. James is saying the source of all of conflict comes from within. It comes from within us. That's where the conflict comes from. The conflict comes from, from within us. It's, it's, it's our lust. It's our desires. It comes from within. The conflict that we see and experience all around us comes from us. It belongs to us. It begins in us. All the conflict that we see in this world begins with us as humans. It comes from us. The conflict around us begins in us, and we need to recognize today that before there, uh, there is a problem out there, there is a problem in here. There's a problem in here, and it is that we are sinners. We are born into this thing called sin. Sin came into this world uh, with, the, with the first couple, Adam and Eve, and ever since then, humans, people, have experienced sin. Sin is in us. We are born to it. It is something that we desire that we are supposed to turn away from. And that is the point of what Jesus is, the whole point of the cross is Jesus dying for the sins that, that we, are, we are trapped in. We need to recognize that the problem that is out there begins in here with us. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Creed, but in the movie Creed, Rocky tells Creed, he says, the toughest opponent that you'll ever face is right here. It's you. The biggest opponent, the, the hardest person that you, the hardest opponent, the hardest thing that you'll ever have to overcome or, or, or overcome it with conflict is the conflict that you have from within because the problem is in, within us. And we have a lot of different reasons why, but number one is that we have selfish desires. Our desires are our own personal. We want what we want because that's what we want. And if we don't get what we want, then we have a problem. We have a conflict. We're not happy. We're upset. We're offended, okay? So the conflict within us is the reason why, and this, it's our desires. It's all about what we want. I can think about one of my children who is in the room right now. So we will not speak of her name, Jilly. <laughs> I, made a, I made an oath to myself that if I ever bring up a child, and it is not positive, that they will receive an ice cream cone. So... So this one is going to be receiving an ice cream cone here in a little while. Uh, I guess my son should too because he's the sloth, right? Okay, so I owe both my kids some ice cream today. But one of my children is very vocal about what they want and when they want it. And if they don't get it when they want it, they're not happy. And I think that this is a perfect example. You can all picture and, and it, whatever caricature you can pick in your mind of a child who is not getting what they want, like the girl on Willy Wonka, <laughs> it's probably what I'm dealing with, okay? 
Uh, so just so you, you get an idea, but I feel like that's, that's a perfect caricature of, of just how we are inside, that inside we want what we want when we want it, and, 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 and deep down that's really who we are. We're, we're a little child that just wants whatever we want, and we've got to cap that off. We've got to turn that off. And, and, and it's just funny because that's just, that's just how we are. We, we, we want what we want. Uh, there, I saw a study in the USA Today that said that, that uh, for Valentine's Day, which was just a couple weeks ago, that 52% of people who buy something on Valentine's Day will buy themselves chocolate. Like, like that's what they, they want. They go to the store and they see the box of chocolate. And they're like, all right, you know what? Life is a box of chocolate, so I'm going to go ahead and get me some. But 52% of the people that buy chocolate are buying it for themselves on Valentine's Day. Now, I don't, there's many reasons probably why that's happening, but a big, big part of that is because that's, we get what we want. And, uh, and if we don't get what we want, we're pretty upset about it. But this is what uh, is very frustrating for us in our relationships because typically when there's a conflict, it's because of our own self. We want, uh, we, we want every, uh, someone to, in, our, in our relationships, no matter what they are, we want someone to see something else in us so that we're expecting something from somebody. If we don't get an apology, if we don't get power, if we don't get freedom from any one person or any, anything, the conflict comes and we constantly desire what we can't have. And we say to ourselves, we say to people, hey, listen, if you don't apologize, then I, I'm not going to be happy. You know what, I, I, I'm expecting an apology from you, and because I'm not getting it, then I'm just not going to be happy. Or until you, until you make it right, until you make this whole situation better between us, then I, I'm not going to be better. But I want to tell you that, that, that this is not the right attitude that we should have. This is not the right attitude that we should have. The, 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 the conflict that is arising, the conflict that is in your family, the conflict that is in your relationship starts with us, and it should be ending with us, and this is not the type of attitude that we should be having. As long as you blame someone else for your unhappiness, then, then you're not going to be happy. That's just, that's just how it works. Romans 15, 13 says that joy comes from the Lord. So when we dive into and get into and spend time in his word and spend time with him, we begin to understand that, that we, we, we are able to receive joy from the Lord because all the, the source of joy is the Lord. And he is a fountain of source of the, of the joy. Like we just, we could go to it at any point. It, it will refresh us. It'll fill us up. It'll be good for us to always go after the Lord. And the source of joy. The second thing that I want to share with you today is this, that vertical peace leads to horizontal peace. Vertical peace leads to horizontal peace. What's that mean? Vertical peace leads to horizontal peace, meaning are my relationship with the Lord, if I'm continuing to press in and go after him and chase after him, that I will be able to understand that the peace that I have with God is going to allow me to have the peace with everybody else. And it's, that's, that's the source. That's where we should be going. We should be going to him. Verse number four says this. It says, adulteresses, don't you know that friendship in, with the world is hostility towards God? That whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes God's enemy. That we should be chasing after not just the relationships with us, the relationships with people, the uh, uh, chasing after what the world wants for us. Because I'm telling you right now, what the world wants for us and what God wants for us is two different things. And all this time, I, I feel like 
we lean towards, again, we're sinners, so we lean towards sin. And so if we lean towards sin, then we start to recognize what the world wants for us and we start to chase after that. But, but I wanna tell you that you need to fix your vertical relationship before your horizontal and that helps out. Again, recognizing that the conflict within is the problem and then getting that right and then being able to fix things on the exterior. So if you want peace, you gotta seek peace with God first. If you want peace, you got to seek peace with God first. The third thing is this. God's grace is more than enough. Verse 5. God's grace is, sorry about that. God's grace is, is, is more than enough. It says in verse 5, Or do you think that it's without reason that Scripture says that the Spirit who lives in us yearns jealousy? You could put that one slide back up. God's grace is, is more than enough. Uh, see, God has a, is jealous for us. He wants our attention. And I think that, um, that that can be kind of conflicting a little bit. You think, well, if God's jealous for me, then, you know, then, you know all this. But listen, and I've heard before that Oprah uh, doesn't want a relationship with God because God, it says that God's jealous for, for us. Then, then she's got some stuff to, I guess, work out on that. But here's, I want to explain this a little bit better. God's jealous for us because he sees us chasing after the entire world when all he wants is this vertical relationship with him. That's all he wants from us. It's just to commune and have a great relationship. Think about the best relationships that you have on, your, on earth with your, with your parents, with your friends, with your, with your spouse, with your kids. The best relationship always takes work. It always takes time. It always takes time. So if God is jealous for us, he wants us to have that relationship with us. That's all he wants from us is just to spend time with him. It's like, it's like he's the grandpa sitting in the chair, and that's all he wants is just to spend time with his grandkids or his kids. Like, that's how he is. That's the relationship that he He's the dad who's standing out at the porch for the prodigal son just waiting. That's the whole point of the story. He's the one that's just waiting for the, the son to return. He wants that relationship. He yearns. He's so jealous for us. He wants us to have that relationship. He wants to be close to us. So we can't obtain the peace with the world around us until we have peace with him first, and then we can spread that out. So grace is more than enough. Verse 6, verse 6 says this, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Not only do we get peace when our vertical relationship with him is right, we get humility. We understand humility a whole lot better because Jesus was so humble. Jesus was like, he, he was so fantastic. If you study Jesus more and more and more, you get to see just the different ways that he was able to just navigate this world, which is filled with, with insecurities, which is filled with uh, conflicts, which is filled with self. How he navigated this world with humility is, is one of the greatest things that I love to learn from Jesus. But he gives greater grace. So that's the, that's the best news for us it, with that whole thing. God's grace is more than enough. It's more than enough, and he gives us greater grace. Therefore, he says, God, resists the proud. He, he, he has his hater blockers on for the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So seek after him. Seek after him. The next thing and the final thing is this, is that where there is humility, there is hope. Where there is humility, there is hope. So we can find hope in him. And we need to come to the end of ourselves and recognize him. We need to recognize our own spiritual poverty, that we are down and out without him. We are down and out in our pride. And we need to 
fall into humility. Proverbs 6 says this. It says the Lord hates six things. The Lord hates six things. In fact, seven are, uh, are detestable to him. It says arrogant eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that plots wicked schemes, feet eager to run to evil, a lying witness uh, who gives false testimony, and one who stirs up trouble among brothers. And so the very first thing that is said in Proverbs 6 about the things that God hates is in fact this, arrogant eyes. It's one who is wanting and, and selfishly desiring. It's selfish conflict that they want something. It's, it's, it's the opposite of humility. Number one, it's the first thing that's mentioned, right? And then the last thing that's mentioned is one who stirs up trouble, one who creates conflict among the brothers. Those are the, those are the six things he hates, but the, 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 the start, the two bookends are things of conflict, of selfishness, of selfish desire. He hates a proud attitude and someone who causes conflict in the house. And again, it's all at the root of our sin. It's in us. It's not, it's not you, it's your sin. Does that make sense? I'm not telling you that you're the worst, that God hates you. I'm telling you that he hates your sin. Does that make sense? It's something that we all have. Something that we all have. So what do we do about it? How can we walk in humility and walk towards the grace of God at the same time? How can we walk in humility and how can we walk towards the grace of God at the same time? The first thing that you can do is this, is that you take God seriously. Take God seriously. Verse seven says this, that it says, if you draw near to God, if you're working on your vertical relationship, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. It's something I love to say. It's one of my favorite verses because it's so simple and it's easy to understand. It's easy to interpret. Like, what does it mean? What does draw near to him mean? It means get closer to him. And what happens if I get closer to God? Well, he's gonna get closer to you. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. So take God seriously. Take God for what he is and who he is and take it seriously. The second thing that we can do to be able to walk in humility and walk towards the grace of God is to resist the enemy to resist the enemy. I think about this with magnets. Do you ever play with magnets? Like, I don't know if they still do, probably do, but like when you buy shower curtains, probably the cheap ones from the dollar store, they got magnets at the bottom. You guys with me on that? My mom, would, whenever she would replace the shower curtain every like 10, 12 years, um, she, I'm kidding, um, she would cut the magnets out for me to play with. So like, I, this is the coolest toys. Uh, but I had the little, um, they're about the size of a nickel, magnets that are in there, round. And I used to love playing with them right and 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 when you when you have magnets and you and you are they're facing the, the correct way when you draw them in together when you draw them near to each other what happens click right they they, they attract that's what I think of I think of draw near to God and he will draw near to you it's, it's like a magnet but resist the enemy so so you know who the target is you know who you want to be close to so so draw near to him and click he will draw near to you, but if, if you resist the enemy, flip it up, flip one of them over upside down, magnet-wise, I don't understand the science behind this, somebody in this room probably does, okay? But if you flip one of the magnets over, then you draw near to it, or you, 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 you try, it, as it tries to draw near to you, it kind of, it, it would bounce away, because the opposite attracts. So allow when the enemy tries to get near to you to resist the enemy. 
How can we walk in humility and walk towards the grace of God? We take him seriously and then we resist the enemy. We, we move away, we fight. We fight the enemy. We fight. Anytime that somebody, something comes in, we talked about this last week, that, that, that the devil is like a roaring lion. He is, he is searching, looking for somebody to devour. And, and there is nothing more in this world that he would want to break up than the family. That's your own personal family, but then also the family that is the church. And that's why God hates, 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 hates conflict. And he hates conflict within the church. That anybody that, that sows discord among the brothers, among the, among the people, among the people in the house, he would hate that. So he doesn't want the family to break up. And the third thing that we need to do to be able to walk in humility and walk towards the grace of God is to take sin seriously. Verse 9 says this. It says, be miserable and mourn and weep. Sounds horrible, right? Okay, does it get better? Your laughter must change to mourning and your joy to sorrow. Put that on a coffee cup. Well, maybe the the day after uh, spring forward, that's a perfect coffee cup saying. But, But what does this mean? It means that this is how we should be treating sin. We, we need to take it seriously. We need to, do we need to take it lightly? No, we need to take it seriously. Be miserable and mourn and weep. This is among the sin. Your laughter may change to sorrow. If this is our attitude, it's not, like we say at Anchor Church all the time that we're not perfect, but this verse is a perfect verse. I keep pointing down here because I can see it down here too. I don't know if you knew that. This is a perfect verse about our sin. If we're gonna take sin seriously, yes, yes, we're not perfect. Yes, we sin. Yes, we mess up. I'm going to be the first one to admit that. I'm not perfect. But I don't like the, to, to just absorb that and just be okay with it. I, I want to do something. I want to fight it. I want to go against it. I, in, in my sin, I'm not going to celebrate it. I'm not going to be excited about it. I'm not going to be excited that this happened. No, when I sin, I'm going to be miserable and I'm going to mourn and I'm going to weep about it. I don't want this to be who I am. My laughter, ha, 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 I did this. My laughter should change to mourning and my joy in that sin should change to sorrow. This is how our hearts should be when we have the conflict of the sin that is inside of us. We need to take it seriously. Isaiah 32, 17 says that the world is a righteous, the world is filled with righteousness and there there shall be peace. So if we seek it, then we would be able to desire it and fill it and understand it and draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. It's it's all about changing the attitude. It's all about flipping. If you feel like you are constantly going against or going towards uh, the evil, just flip it. Just flip it and work on your vertical relationship. Chase after him. The source of it all is inside of us, sin. It's not you It's not really even your fault. It's something that is inside of us that leads us in one way that we should be resisting and changing and mourning over and resisting and changing and mourning after, turning our joy to sorrow when it comes to the things that we know that we shouldn't do, but then recognize exactly what Jesus did for us and he He forgave us of all sin. And then that's where the source of our joy should come from. The source of joy does not come in our sin. It comes from the removal or the forgiveness of our sin. And so that's what we should be chasing after. If you would, please bow your head with me just for a moment and then we're gonna pray. Be out of here. Father, we thank you for 
for your word this morning. I pray that we would be able to be at war with our sin. Lord, I pray that in our families that we will turn away from our sin, that we will resist the enemy and chase after you. Lord, we're thankful for the forgiveness of the things that we do. Lord, I pray that we would never celebrate the things that we do that we know that we shouldn't do, that we would work on our vertical relationship with you and draw near to you and then recognize and see how you draw near to us. Lord, I pray that you would just give us and continue to just give us the grace that we don't necessarily deserve, Lord, that you have given to us and that when we seek after grace, you have more grace to even give to us. But I pray that today, when I know that there is a room full of people sitting here recognizing just who we are and recognizing that the conflict is coming from within, that you would challenge our hearts this morning to chase after you, to pursue you, to draw near to you, allow you to draw near to us. And Lord, I pray that today in this room, there's somebody in here that does not understand what that vertical relationship with you, that, that, that maybe they don't seek that relationship with you first, or maybe they, maybe they, they recognize and they know that they, they haven't given their life to you and recognize the removal and the forgiveness of the sin in our, in our life. They haven't quite got that right yet. Today would be the day that they would say, yes, Lord. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.